Police have been out monitoring driver behaviour around school zones this morning as many kids return to class for Term 3. While they return, of course, the ban on mobile phones in public high schools is now statewide. At least 27 schools introducing it today. It's already been rolled out at 131 schools. A bit earlier this morning, I caught up with the Education Minister. The Minister is on the line now. Blair Boyer, good morning. Morning, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Now, schools are back this morning. Let's let's start with that. So, obviously, busier time on the roads, and I'm sure people who have driven to work this morning or have been out and about will have uh, recognised the increase in traffic, but obviously police out and about as well. And the message is now be uh, mindful around schools. Exactly right. So, school is back, and we need to make sure that we're careful, particularly around schools, and observe the... Uh lower uh, speed limits there and, and all the pedestrian crossings and flashing lights, which will have some of our, our littlest students um, starting term three today. So, yeah, important that we all uh, remember that and, and drive accordingly and make sure those kids get a very safe start to the um, term three. So it is the mid-year intake as well. There, there's a lot of kids coming in now, aren't there? There are, actually. So this is the first uh, day of mid-year intake for preschool students starting today. Um, there are 4,000 preschool students starting today. They are uh, four-year-olds who have turned four uh, or will turn four between the 1st of May this year and the 30th of October. And um, uh, Last year, they could only start basically uh, the year after, which would make them uh, quite a bit older. They have to wait all that time. Uh, so we've reintroduced a mid-year intake so that the students born between those um, two dates, 1st of May and 30th of October, can actually start today and start term three instead of waiting until the start of next year. Right. All right. So well, that'll see more kids out and about as well, as you say, and uh, a lot of new kids first time at school and uh, and all the rest of it. Exactly right. And, and they're little kids. They're four years old. So we've got to make sure we keep an eye out for them. Mm. Their first day of, of, of school, I guess you could put it. Yeah. Yeah. The other big story around today, of course, and the reason we asked you to come on is mobile phones uh, are now out of SA public schools. And that's across the board, right across SA. Exactly right. As of today, in public schools, there's a 100% ban in 100% of our schools, primary and secondary. That is, schools off. Uh, sorry, school is on while phones uh, and phones need to be off, uh, and that is from the start of the school day until the end of the school day. So, in South Australia, Matthew, the ban uh, includes recess and lunchtime. It is a complete ban from the start to the finish, uh, and we know that those schools that have already brought the ban into place, and some high schools have had it in place since term one. Uh, have reported really positive um, you know, uh, benefits from the ban, uh, you know, stuff that your listeners would you know, already, um, I'm sure, have guessed around less distraction in the classroom, uh, but also uh, a lot more physical activity and kids talking and you know, being a part of clubs and socialising at recess and lunch. In fact, um, the strongest bit of feedback that really stuck with me that I got from one principal, he said uh, the schoolyard at recess and lunchtime looks like it did in the 1990s. And that's when I was doing high school, and I remember it well. Everyone was playing sport or talking or maybe involved in a, in a, in a, a club or something like that. And some schools have actually said they've had to put more things on at recess and lunch because some kids have said, we need something to do. We're a bit bored. We haven't got our phones. And it's incredible that uh, the feedback from the students, Matthew, as well, once the, the ban has sort of settled down at their site, 
has been really positive about you know, the classroom being a better place to learn, but also the schoolyard being a more active and friendly place as well. Have we seen any proof yet that the schools that adopted this early on, there's been a decrease in, in bullying or violence or anything else related to the social media, of course? I mean, it's 24-7. It doesn't necessarily happen during school, but on online later, the bullying can, can be really intense, as uh, we've heard in the past. So uh, any, any indications yet there's been improvements in all of that? We're monitoring all of that really closely and we'll have data, I reckon, towards the end of the year, maybe once we've had at some schools at least a full year of the ban, but certainly the anecdotal data. And I, it's the first question I ask um, high schools when I visit um, those schools that already had the ban in place. I always ask a principal, I ask students as well and classroom teachers, that's all positive and they are seeing a lot, a lot less of the, um, I guess, the kind of bullying and harassment or even, even the minor distraction kind of issues that occur in classrooms, mm. um, you know, I, I, th- I think it dwindled away. So I do expect over time, um, and it might, might take a bit of time for it to really settle in, that we will see a reduction in those things. And what's really struck me, Matthew, is the feedback I've had, um, particularly from students, is that compliance levels and their um, positive disposition towards the ban has gone up and up the longer it's been in place. You know, a- anything that has, I guess, a, a, a modicum of kind of um, addiction, which phone use does, no one likes to have something taken away from them. Yeah. You know? But when you have it taken away, you realise that actually it might have been a good thing and you start to see the world a little bit differently. And I think that's what we're seeing, particularly from students who, who no doubt were against the bad at the start and yeah. were fond of the idea, starting to think it was you know, the right thing to do as well. And uh, devices stored somewhere safe? Are they left with a teacher, with the school in a locker? How's it work? It's different for different sites. They get to, they've all mostly all done consultation to decide what they do. A lot are using the magnetic lockable pouches, which work really well. Um, some use the lockers that are already at the school. So um, it's yeah, the South Australian ban uh, is, I think, a strong one, not only because you can't have the phones um, from the start of the day to the end, whereas some other jurisdictions, you know, kids get them at recess and lunch, but also because the phones are generally not on the student either. Yeah. If they're in the magnetic lockable pouch, the student can keep them but can't access, can't get inside the pouch. Uh, but if they're in the lockers, they have to stay there all day. So there isn't that temptation or inclination to get the, get the phone out and start having a bit of a, uh, a muck around on it. So I think that kind of zero tolerance policy in hindsight was the right thing to do because it's not just about the classroom stuff that you mentioned, Matthew. It's also about what kids do at recess and lunch. We want kids to be exercising and making friends and talking yep. to other kids and not you know, sitting head down, looking at a screen for an hour and then going back to class. Exactly right. All right. Well, I reckon you might need to publicise where the pouches and lockers are, are sold from because parents might need them from home as well. But, uh, I reckon that's a very, very good idea. Yeah. In my house too, Matthew. Yeah, indeed. Now, Minister, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Education Union, which is uh, working with teachers to stop sending parent newsletters or have teachers uh, continue to work through meal breaks in a bid to uh, pressure the government to tackle, tackle the issue of excessive workload for teachers. Do you have any response to that yet? Yeah, so we're working really hard, have been for a while on this enterprise bargaining agreement and we're negotiating with the union now and I've been really honest about it from day one of being Minister Matthew, that workload is undoubtedly an issue, I think more than it's ever been for classroom teachers and I always use the example of my dad public high school teacher in country school in southwest Victoria for 40 years and he was always asked at the end of his career, Matthew, about how things had changed between sort of 1972 and um, 2012. And he always said the 
complexity of the classroom, the makeup of the classroom in terms of uh, the challenges the kids had and their different stage of learning was you know, totally different in 2012 than it was when he started his career. It made the job a lot harder. And the things that you and I were just talking about before around mobile phones and social media and vaping. I and mean, I finished year 12 in 1999, which my kids tell me was a really long time ago, but your listeners will know it wasn't that long ago. Um, and those things didn't exist. And now they're here and they're, they're, they get heaped onto the plate of teachers as well. All mm. the stuff around reading, writing and arithmetic is there, um, Ballywick, but so is arbitrating, you know, uh, arguments on social media and kids going and vaping and stuff. So I, I, I totally acknowledge what the union's saying, but we are working hard to actually try to deliver genuine workload reductions, you know, and that's a tricky thing to do because it's my job as minister to try to find that reduction uh, without in any way negatively affecting the quality of the education our young people get. So I want to find those reductions, but I don't want them to come at the expense of young people's education. And I know the union agrees with me. I'm confident that we can do that. That means more staff, though, doesn't it? More teachers or... Uh, SSOs. SSOs, yeah. 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 And that's one of the things on the table. And believe me, I am, I am predisposed to the idea of having more SSOs in classrooms. Of course, we're in this invidious position at the moment, Matthew, where, where would we find them? There are, there are shortages in staff like this nationally, if not internationally. It's one thing to say we're going to have a um, SSO in a big classroom, but it's another thing entirely to go and find those people. So uh, there's all those considerations that we're working through. And like I said, you know, it, it, it would sound nice to make a great announcement, I'm sure, for the minister or government to come out and say SSO in every classroom, but I also then have to be able to deliver that. And I very much want to operate in the space of what's possible and what I can look teachers in the eye and say we are going to make good on this. All right. Minister, that's got some way to play out, I'm sure. But thank you for your time this morning. Good on you, Matthew. Thank you.